believe I was causing Brother Jameson to have some technical difficulties if we'll use some professional language there. But he got it lined out for me. Thank you, Jameson. Great job with your prayer. Great job with the song service, Brother Shelby, as always. And I always find myself saying that. Have you noticed? Every time, it's as always. But that's the case. I'm, I'm not lying. We're so blessed to have the servants that we have here at Stanford Church of Christ. And every person that stands before us and uses one of their talents in any way to assist in the worship service helps to make it a great, great success and does it according to what the Bible says and therefore we know that God is pleased. After all, now go with me on this. Our talents are given by God. And therefore, it's okay for us to follow God with our talents. So we use our talents in according to the will of the one who gave them. That's sensible. So we do what God says. We do it to the best of our ability, and that's exactly what happens here at the local congregation. We're blessed to have great Bible teachers. We're blessed to have a group of great preachers. We're blessed to have great elders, great deacons, and as I like to say, vibrant and active membership. The prayers that are led are excellent. The communion meditations that are provided are to the point. They're timely, easy to understand and teach us all the work that is done is always done in an excellent manner. You can tell that individuals don't just jump up and as we say, fly by the seat of their pants. You're familiar with that expression. You can tell that individuals think about the songs they're going to sing. That they think about the songs they're going to choose that the lessons are prepared, that the meditations have work given to them. And again, that's not always the case everywhere. But here at Stanford, it is. And so I want to commend, as always, do an excellent, excellent job. And we are certainly blessed. Well, I've had a phenomenal day, and I'm thankful for that. I've enjoyed being with you as always, and I have always enjoyed being with you. There's no doubt about that. It's coming up on, I think, eight or nine years. Linda keeps me straight on that. I'm, I'm leaning toward that nine number now. Does that sound about right? I'm leaning toward that nine number. And as I said this morning, when I think about almost nine years, there's a whole lot of terms that come to my mind. But the number one term is blessed or fortunate, as I said this morning. I, I could debate either one. It's 1A and 1B. But I have been blessed and I have been fortunate and I continue to be. And I'm always here for you. And I'm always thinking of you. And I am always in your corner. I'm always available 
And I support the elders of this congregation. I support the deacons of this congregation. And I'm behind the membership of this congregation. Always. And you have been so good to me that if I took time to list how good you are, that would be the lesson. We would just talk about how good, because I can think of instant after instance after instance. So I'll just say it this way. I appreciate you. I love you and I'm thankful for you. And get ready, because you're going to hear some more of that next week and the week to follow. There's going to be some more because I want to express my thanksgiving and I want you to know that I have been treated great, could not be treated better, and that continues to this very night. Well, thank you so much. God made Him who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf so that we may become the righteousness of God in Him. I hope I did that justice. I believe that is 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21, which without coincidence just happened to be the Scripture reading 20 and 21 this evening. Jesus took our guilty sentence upon His innocent self. May I say that again? That's, that's If you want commentary and break that verse down, that's what it means. Jesus took our place. I deserved, because of my sin, to be on the cross. I deserve that. And He was a substitutionary sacrifice on our behalf. And God made that happen. Think about that. Before the foundation of the world, God had this plan. You've heard individuals say this from the pulpit. God did not predestine the man. He predestined the plan. Have you heard that? And that's exactly what, that's correct, and that's exactly what that means. He didn't predestine you. You have free will to choose whether to do right or do wrong. And that allows Jesus to be a fair and righteous judge. Because when we stand before Him, the judgment will depend upon, or as we may say, be predicated upon what we chose to do with the information that we had from the Bible. So if I hear depart from me, it's not God's fault. It would be my fault. After all, God sent His Son. He gave me the Bible. He substituted His Son for my sins and He said, come home. And just like the prodigal son, I can say thank you and come to my senses, as the Bible says, or... I can keep on following sin and self. So it be on me. So again, we want to hear, enter in thy good and faithful servant. And I love this part. I made you responsible over a few, just a few things. And if you think about it, what God asked of us is just a few. Compared to what He has given 
compared to how much He has given. He gave the best of heaven. And Jesus left the splendors, the joys of heaven to humble Himself like us to the point of death. So it is not wrong. It is not unbecoming at all for God to make us... If He made us responsible over a lot, that would be fair. But the Bible says He's he's just asked you in a few things. Be faithful. Study My Word. Pray without ceasing. Try to be an example. And share the good news, the Gospel, with someone else. That's what He's... Ask us to do. Be willing. And it'd be amazing what you can accomplish when you're willing to go into the world. All the world. I mean, the gospel's for everyone. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. We can all do that. We can all go into the world in our daily lives and tell others about Jesus Christ and live a life that exemplifies what we hold Dear, I made you responsible over a few things. But now I'll make you Lord over many. So the responsibilities were few, but the reward is on high. And there's many. That's the God. That's how good God is. Turn your Bibles, please. We're going to build upon this. That was not part of the sermon. But you enjoy that. I want to talk about that. I think it'll blend in nicely though. Sometimes I prepare things, I don't say one word of what I prepare. I do that all the time. Go off on a tangent and I think, boy, that makes more sense than what I prepared. Let's talk about that. Go with me, please. We'll tie it together. Second Peter, please, in your New Testament. Second Peter. Third chapter, 2 Peter chapter 3. And let's go down, please, to verse 9. You will be familiar, intimately familiar, with 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. It simply says this God is not behind, God is not late, He's not slack in any way. It says He's long-suffering. It says that He wants everyone to follow Him. And if you're serving self, He would like for you, as a matter of fact, He would love for you to change the direction of your life. That's repentance. It's a military term as I've shared. To repent is an about-face and to go the opposite direction. That's what He would love for you to do. That He does not want anyone to perish spiritually, but He wants all to come to salvation. Is that how your Bible reads? Because that's how my Bible reads. He's not slack in any way. And if He's long-suffering, it's because He cares. Because He's giving individuals, as we like to say, space for repentance. Time to come to their senses and come home. And if they've never obeyed to obey the Gospel for the first time, 
and to have their sins washed away by the precious. And that's what it is. The, the Bible was not haphazard in that choice of terminology. The precious blood. The priceless blood. The sacrifice, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ allows you to come home for the first time and enables you to come back home if you have a strain. That's verse 9. But the day of the Lord, that's the day of judgment. That day that only the Father knows. The Bible says that not even the Son knows. The Father only is what the Bible says. But that day will come unexpected. It will come like a thief in the night in which the heavens, that's the sky, shall pass away with a great noise. It won't be secret. It will be evident. And all will know. It's not just a noise. It's a great noise. And the elements shall melt with, and we said it this morning, heat that is fervent. I say heat with a purpose. A dedicated Purpose. It is to melt. The earth also, all the works of men's hands that are therein, shall be burned up. What's my confidence in? When you read verse 10, when someone reads that, and they say within their heart, within themselves, I'll take care of that later. That's foolish. Amen. How can you read verse 10? The day of judgment, like the day of the Lord, recompense is like a thief in the night. I've got to make preparation now. If I'm going to fortify my house against attack, I can't wait till next week the attack may come. And I will be caught unaware and unprepared, and I'm going to be destroyed. It's today. The Bible gets right down to the hour. The acceptable hour. Whatever hour it is. If we're still drawing breath, that's the hour to make things right in the sight of the Almighty. This world. All the works of my hands. Have you ever thought about all the work that your hands have gone to in this life. All the study. All the planning. All the sowing. Melted. Burn up. All the possessions. All the intent that I had. All this physical mindset. This carnal fleshly mindset. Things I've got worked up over. Things I have previously fell out with individuals over. Well, they just didn't matter. In the grand scheme of things, what matters is the right relationship with God. Even the sky. I can look up into the heavens. That's a plurality. It's clouds that I see. In every direction, there's sky. And the sky tells a story. 
And it told a tragic story yesterday. There's no doubt. It'll be melted with fervent heat. Now if we stopped there and I extended the Gospel invitation, you'd be discouraged. You would think, wow, that was a very negative and scary sermon. I wish I had hope. We, we better continue. Because there's a whole lot of hope. So let's continue. Seeing then, in verse 11 of 2 Peter chapter 3, seeing then means you understand this. You accept this. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. That means everything that you see. Ground, grass, decoration, and sky. It's going to be gone when Jesus comes back. What manner of persons ought you to be? And notice, it's in all. Every avenue of holy conversation and godliness. There's what matters. A holy manner of life. Conversation in the Bible is more than just your vocabulary and verbal skills. That's referring to your manner of life. What motivates you, what you hold in your heart, which oftentimes is what we talk about. What you're interested in is what you converse about. And then godliness. Striving to be like the target. And the target is Christ Jesus. Each day that we live, I hope we pray that God will help us to make decisions that allows us to be just a little bit more Christ-like the next day than I was the previous. To be a little bit more forgiving. To pray with more intent. To study a little bit more. To rightly divide the Word of truth and search the Scriptures. That takes intent. Now we're looking for and we're hasting you see, the world can't say that. The world does not haste the day of the Lord. To the world, the day of reckoning, as they may say, is a very terrible and frightening event. Why? Because they have not made preparation. But to us, to brothers and sisters in Christ, it represents something entirely different. <coughs> Excuse me. It represents opportunity. An opportunity to see those gone on before. An opportunity to behold Jesus face to face. And an opportunity to go home. An opportunity to rest, as we said this morning. An opportunity to hear His voice. You see, He speaks to us through the Word today. But then, face to face. So we hasten the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens shall be on fire and dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Does that scare you? It doesn't me. If I was in the world, it would. But our confidence isn't here. We believe that Jesus, John 14, first three verses, which you know by heart, you hear it at every funeral. It's an excellent funeral verse and group of verses. Jesus has gone away to prepare a place that where He is, we may be also. So this doesn't concern me. I'm just a temporary resident here as I look forward to an eternal abode and I would like to take you with me. 
It's the best thing you can do for someone. Help them secure their soul with God. So that when the sky is on fire, and when the elements shall be melted, they don't have to worry. Because this isn't our home. We have one eternal. We have a body. As we read about this morning, it's not vile anymore. It's glorious. It's incorruptible, not made with men's hands. And it is equipped and prepared to spend eternity in this prepared place by Jesus Himself for individuals that made preparation previously that heeded His Word. Verse 13. Nevertheless, in other words, let it happen. Nevertheless, we... Who's the we? That's brothers and sisters in Christ along with the Apostle Peter who is writing of the inspiration of God through the Holy Spirit. We, Christian people, the family of God, here's what we're looking for. According to His promise, look for a new heavens, a new sky, and a new earth, a new tread, a new dwelling, wherein righteousness dwells. It can't be here. This is being burned up. Don't let anybody sell you that lie. It's not here. This earth is not going to be reclaimed false. The Bible says it's going to be burned up. If you have read these verses and you're about five years old, you can understand that. It's told you more than once that it's going to be melted. I know what melted means because I like M&M's. Maybe I'm serious too much. I'll joke for a second. I know what an M&M does. And when it melts, it's gone. I know what that word means. Melts in your mouth, not in your hand. Well, that's not true. Leave it in your hand long enough. It'll melt too. I know that from Kobe and Jacob. I've washed their hands while they're eating M&M's. Okay? But it does melt quicker, more quickly here. And when it does, you've got to get another one if you want to enjoy another piece of candy. Because that one's gone. It's dissolved. Sometimes the doctor will say, take this pill and place it under your tongue until it dissolves. When it dissolves, it's gone. This is gone when Jesus comes back in the clouds of the air. Do you know why He's coming back in the clouds of the air? Because He's taking you to heaven. That's the new earth. That's the new sky. That's the new dwelling where righteousness... It's not this world. This world is not righteous. This world is actually run by Satan. That's what the Bible says. The prince of the air. The Bible encourages us to be transformed from this world by renewing our minds and by offering our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Romans 12, 1 and 2. So is your confidence here? No. Your confidence is there. Jesus Christ will never set one toe back on this earth. His work here is done. He Himself said it is finished. But here's the promise of Acts chapter 1. He will come again in the clouds of the air just as you saw Him go. And the eyewitness saw that, that He ascended into heaven into through the clouds of the air. 
And He will come back in the like manner. His throne is in heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father as sure as I'm standing before you. And He ever lived to make intercession for the saints. That's you. Christian people, you can pray to the Father through the Son, in Jesus' name, by His authority. And the Spirit carries that prayer to Jesus who makes our grumblings acceptable. Amen? That sounds like Bible. As a brother says, that will preach. That's exactly right. That's one of the privileges you have as a Christian. My brother used to tell me of a lady that he worked with who lived a very sinful lifestyle. And when tragedy would befall her, she would come to him and she would say, I know I can't talk to God like you can. That's what she would say. He said, I didn't say that. She understood that. That you have a relationship as a Christian that is special in the family of God. So she said he would come, she would come to me and ask me, would you pray for me? Please. Because I believe that you are part of it and you can cry out Abba and I can't do that. Well, that's somewhat true. She can reach out to God and be saved just like anyone else and enjoy that relationship if she wanted to. She just loves sin more. So He would encourage her to repent and be baptized. You can have the exact same standing. The Gospel is for all. But He would say, I'll honor your request. I will pray for you. He said this. I didn't have to teach her that. She knew that. She, she came to me and said, I know how I'm living. I see how you're living and it's different. And you have a relationship with Christ that is impressive to me. Well, that was an opportunity to teach for Him. But we understand that as a Christian, as a part of the family of God, you do enjoy a very special relationship. And one of the great benefits is the avenue of prayer. As a Christian, you can reach out and you can pray for yourself, for your family, for your friends, and yes, even for those around you. And that's special. That you can beseech and implore God to work His perfect will. Righteousness. That was at the end of verse 13. And that was a part of 2 Corinthians 5.21. If there's righteousness residing or dwelling... It's because Jesus is there. Not because of me, sinner saved by grace, right here. Sinner saved by the mercy of God. If there's righteousness located, it's through the one who never sinned. It's through the perfect sacrifice, the spotless Lamb, Jesus Christ. Wherefore, Beloved, accepting everything we've just said, that this earth is temporary, that righteousness dwells in heaven where Jesus is at, and that we're looking for that residence, that that's our hope, that's our encouragement. Wherefore, beloved brothers and sisters in Christ, seeing that you look for such things, 
That's the target. That's the vision. That's the outlook. Be diligent. Again, it means to be dedicated. To have purpose, intent. Be diligent day in and day out. That you may be found of Him. Now notice, there's there's three things here. Three terms. Peaceable, without spot, and without blame. Can I achieve that? In Christ I can. Can I achieve that on my own? Can't even get close. But in Jesus, in Christ, now you follow me, I can walk in the light. Because He's in the light. And I can have fellowship with you. And if I make a mistake, and I will, 1 John says, His blood is sufficient. It continually cleanses us from all sin. Am I teaching once saved, always saved? Shake your head like this. That's not what I'm teaching at all. No, you have to walk. You see, you can't leave out the first of verse. If we walk in the light, you have to be faithful. But when you're trying to be faithful and you make a mistake, His blood is there. And it will continue. It means it won't end. You don't have to say, well, I've got five more passes and then I'm done. And if I trip up five more times, I'm lost. That's not not at all. Continually, without end, that's the righteousness of Christ. As long as we are walking and appreciating the fellowship within the church, one with the other. Fellowship, one with the other. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that the Bible says in 1 John 1, 5-7, through that it's continual. Are you glad? I'm glad. I make mistakes all the time. So I'm glad Jesus is willing to forgive me more than once. And notice, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. Why does God suffer long? Because He's in the salvation business. Because He wants to give opportunity to individuals to respond to His Gospel. It's salvation for those that have not believed. Those that have not taken advantage of His grace and mercy. Those that have not come home. And again, as we bring this lesson to a close, what manner of person should I be? Well, I want to be without spot. I want to strive to be blameless. I know I have an advocate in Christ. I want to be complete in Him. Without blemish. I want to be walking. I want to be looking. I'm not looking for worldly things, worldly affairs. It's not money. It's not pleasure. It's not the next thrill. Instead, it's a heavenly vision. I'm looking and I'm hasting that day. Or I behold Him face to face and I hear the finest words I could ever hear enter in. Folks have said to me that there's nothing more important than your education because no one can take that from you. That's a great point. 
No, it's the same mindset. There is something more, even than education, is your Christian education, if you will. Because not even Satan can take that from you. If you're faithful to God, that's sealed. It's declared. And His long-suffering is glory for me. When we come to ourselves, prodigal son was out and he wasted everything he had with riotous living. I can relate to that. I know what riotous living. I've been there. And you have too. It doesn't take long in that lifestyle to become destroyed. It doesn't take long to be without in a worldly lifestyle and to have strife and turmoil and to think, boy, the livestock have it better back home than I'm, I've got no food. I'm destitute. I've got no hope. I don't know where to turn. Maybe, well, this is sensible. I'll go back to my father. Maybe he just might take me back. And when you come to your senses, now long-suffering is salvation. When you come to yourself and you turn around and you start going back to what is right, then the Father starts walking to you. Did you notice that? As soon as that Son came to Himself, made His decision, and started that movement, Father's on His way out. Seeing Him afar, He was looking. God, is, He doesn't want anyone to perish. He's watching. And when you come, He's going to accept you. And He's not just going to accept you. He's going to place a ring on your finger, right? He's going to say, bring out the finest piece of clothing and put it on the individual. And let's, have a, let's celebrate. And the example... Under the old law, there was music and dancing. There was celebration. And the Bible says today that there is more rejoice in heaven, even with the angels, when one soul comes to that realization. Amen. More rejoicing. You think about that. God is not slack. He's not lazy. He's not bound by time at all. It's like a thousand years is a day and a day likened unto a thousand years was the previous verse. Everything's just as He would have it to be. He's perfect. His plan is perfect. He would have all to come to the saving knowledge and to repent and to look forward to a dwelling in heaven where righteousness is contained. And that's Jesus Christ our Lord who's made every good blessing possible. If you are present this evening and you have a need, any need, to render faithful obedience to your Lord's invitation, it would be our joy to assist you. Believe in Jesus. Place your complete faith and trust in Him as the Son of the living God. Be willing to confess that before men. Repent of your sins and be buried, notice, with Christ 
in the watery grave of baptism for, here's the reason, for the remission of your sins that you would rise out of that burial, that watery grave, a new creation in Christ, clothed with Christ by faith, Galatians 3, 26, 27, to walk in a newness of life, Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. That if we're planted in His likeness, He died to make it all possible. We raise a newness of life. Born again. Added by God Himself to His blood-bought institution, the church of Jesus Christ. If you have a need to respond, let it be tonight. If you've obeyed those blessed commands, and you've not lived a life that would bring glory and honor to your Lord, come home. Allow us to pray with you and for you to be restored back to the straight and narrow path. If you just desire the prayers of Christian people on your behalf, no matter what the need may be, it will be our joy to assist. Won't you come as we stand together and blend our voices for your encouragement? I know Thank you.